Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to mention that Justin and I are not financial advisors. We are just two guys with microphones who have access to the internet, who like to share information that we find useful. This is not legal advice. This is not advice in any way, shape, or form. This podcast is specifically for entertainment purposes and entertainment purposes only. Let's go on with the show. Welcome to The Fi Show, where you get a behind-the-scenes look into financial independence. Here's your host, Cody and Justin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Fi Show. Some crazy times going on, so it's good to have the co-host with me. How's it going, Cody? It's going pretty good, Justin. I'm counting down the days until there's a Boston lockdown. I'm pretty sure that's going to be coming soon, and if you're listening to this way in the future, right now we're recording this. This episode is going out on Tuesday, March 24th. This is the beginning of the coronavirus outbreak that's been taking the whole nation and the whole world by storm. And yeah, so I've just been chilling at the apartment for the last couple of days in quarantine with my buddies and yeah, just not sure what's going to happen next, but that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode, whether it's financially, emotionally, physically, all that good stuff. How about you, Justin? What's going on in your life? Yeah, well, last week, things started definitely hitting me and my uh, plans pretty hard. So been training for a big race out in California that got canceled, was supposed to be skiing Lake Tahoe, that got canceled. A couple days ago was my 30th birthday. Supposed to have a huge trip for that. That also got canceled. All the mountains are shutting down across the country. So yeah, it's it's getting kind of crazy. And like you said, with the shutdown, just two days ago, the town next to me announced that all businesses that were not essential, so grocery stores, pharmacies, convenience stores, were going to be closing. And so it's just a matter of time before that is, you know, every city, every town in this area. Not sure exactly what I'm going to do long term, how long this goes on, if you know, we take a trip back down south to Mississippi where things are a little calmer. Not really sure. Yeah, something I mentioned last week was like I told you before I was visiting James and Emily Lowry over in Cyprus. I was super pumped for that trip. Unfortunately, had to kick that can down the road. That got canceled when all the Europe trips got banned back to the US. Then I rage booked a trip to Florida that had to get canceled because all the beaches shut down. And I'm actually pretty glad I would have been getting back today while we're recording this. And it's just been chaos, man. But yeah, man, before we dive into today's episode, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Have you ever told yourself, this is the year that I'm going to save a bunch of money and somehow that year is over and you have not saved even close to as much money as you'd wanted? What if this whole process could be automated? Our partner, Empower, that's E-M-P-O-W-E-R, has created an awesome mobile app that makes it super easy to automate your savings. Whether it's saving up for your next vacation or saving up for your next rental property or saving up for that concert next summer, this autosave feature can help you get there. Just set your weekly savings target and let Empower do the rest of the work. That's right, Cody. And don't forget about the other awesome feature of Empower where you can send simple text messages to Empower's human coaches and get personalized recommendations in return. So if you have a savings goal this year, you've got to check out the Empower app. Download Empower, that's E-M-P-O-W-E-R, in the App Store or Play Store. I did and over 650,000 other people have too. As a special bonus to our listeners, you can get $5 if you use the offer code FISHOW as well as meet your savings goal. So visit empower.me slash show for more details. So for those of you who have been watching the market lately, it's been a little bit scary. If you're someone who this is your first time investing, this is your first rodeo and your first downturn, we're definitely in a bear market right now. And a bear market is defined as 20% or more. I think as of today, we're at about a 29% decline from the height. 
which equates to late 2016 levels. So if you invested in the S&P or the general stock market back at the end of 2016, you would be basically investing at the same levels that they're at today. So essentially three and a half years of gained wiped away. So it's not all bad news though. Basically what that means is say you discovered FI in 2018 or 2019. Now, since the market is back to late 2016 levels, you have the chance to invest a bunch of money if you can, if you're in a situation where you have an emergency fund, you're okay if this different state that we're living in persists for X number of months or, you know, you might want to even prepare for a year. We have no idea what's going to happen with this. But if you do have the funds to invest, now you have the chance to kind of go back in time, turn the clock back on your investments and get your money into the market. Yeah, Cody, mentally, this has definitely been a mixed bag for me because I started investing in early 2015. So much more of my money has been invested after that late 2016 money, or at least more than half, which means that overall, you know, my net worth would have, you know, theoretically been better if I would have just put it into a bank account. But that's obviously, you know, not what either of us believe in that you just let something sit in a bank account because you never know what these things are going to do. And the thing that kind of keeps me going through this and staying positive is I look back at 2008 and how bad the market dropped back then. We were already past that bear market before I could start investing. And the whole time, all I could think about was, man, 2008, I was just graduating high school, you know, coming in as a freshman in college. I didn't have any money to invest. And so I was always envious of those people who got to be around with a paycheck and money to invest during a big bear market. Because I thought, man, I'll never get that stuff on a big discount the way they did. So I'm trying to stay positive in that regard and think, now is my time. Like, now is the big correction. Now is the time to really cut back expenses and put as much money in as I can. And while Justin and I are definitely advocates for investing in the market, and I'm an advocate for basically just putting money in whenever, not trying to time the market, if you're in a situation that does not allow for you to invest, please do not let anything we're saying today coerce you into investing money and leaving you with, you know, maybe a couple thousand dollars and that's it. And then after that's gone, you have to start selling off equities. That is completely not what we're telling you to do. But an interesting stat I looked at was if you were invested at the height of the market, like you were talking about, Justin, back in September of 2008, and you just left that money ride until now, until today, while the market is almost down 30%, your annualized inflation adjusted return is still 4.5%. Now that is a heck of a lot better than sitting in some checking account or some savings account that is going to earn you thousands, tens of thousands, or potentially hundreds of thousands of more dollars being invested in the market. All right, Cody, moving on to something that's a little more positive for me, and that is that they have moved back the deadline for filing your taxes to mid-July. So you're getting an extra three months. This was great for me because I was going to have to file taxes in two different states, a little more complex this year than normal, and I have not filed my taxes yet. So I was staring down the barrel of, you know, like three weeks left, and now all of a sudden I've got three months. So I'm pretty pumped about that. And I know we have a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs, and I was particularly pumped about this because even filing and paying for your quarterly estimated taxes, those are also pushed three months down the road to July 15th. So I was excited about that. I'm kind of new on the entrepreneur scene, so I've been figuring out all my tax stuff, but that is definitely a relief and something I'm 100% going to take advantage of. But Justin, something that I've been seeing a ton on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram is the word emergency fund. And I think emergency fund means different things to different people and people use different vehicles to store said emergency fund. But I think it would be interesting to talk about what we think of as an emergency fund and how we store them. So you want to kick it off and then I'll tell you my thoughts and what I do. Sure. So for me, an emergency fund for someone is kind of different based on the industry they're in or the type of income they have. So 
for instance, like when I was in the military, it's such a stable job that I was comfortable with very little emergency fund. Maybe, you know, three months was totally fine. Now that I'm in a commercial job, I like to be closer to six months. And then I take that money and I invest it in some of the online bank accounts that get higher interest rates. So I don't park it somewhere where the price is going to be able to jump up and down because an emergency fund means that in the situation, like you need to turn that into cash and you never want to be invested in some kind of equity that's got a lot of variability in it if you may need that cash tomorrow. Another thing that is highlighted by the situation we're going through right now is that things can seem really stable. I mean, three months ago, it was probably the best time in a long time to be looking for a job, especially like in the tech space. I mean, there was just so many openings. Recruiters were fighting over you. Well, now with this going on and companies seeing so much market value lost, people are starting to kind of rein in things. They may not be hiring the way they were. They might not be expanding the way they were. And so while maybe you were thinking, oh, it's fine. Like I've, I've quit my job, but I'm going to take a couple months off and I'll be able to jump right back in because it's a hot job market. That may not be true anymore. And in situations like that, you really need to be prepared with an emergency fund because if you're not, then you can find yourself saddled with debt, having to solve equities at the bottom, having to solve personal items, you know, just making your life something that you really don't want it to be. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And so the way I operate my emergency fund is a little bit different. So I have like three months of expenses saved in an online high yield savings account, just like you were mentioning, like an ally or a CIT or a betterment. But I also keep a decent little chunk of money, like six months of expenses in a bond fund, a total market bond fund. It's actually the Vanguard one that I invest in personally. But basically what that does is it serves as a hedge against a lot of market volatility. So if you look back at the fund I'm invested in back 10 years, their average return is like 4% or something. And that's not inflation adjusted. You're not making a ton of money, but these are corporate bonds. These are government bonds. They're a lot more stable than the stock market. And it's been scary. I've been seeing some people on Twitter specifically that had all their money, like literally all of their money invested in a total stock market index fund. And what that means is if you have no money coming in at all and say you have a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks in cash, you're going to have to start dipping into those equities. And like Justin was saying, sell them at a huge loss. Right now we're in a 30% bear market. And if you're forced to sell at a 30% bear market, the $100 you put in last week to the stock market is now worth $70 and you have to take that out because you can't make the bills. So definitely have some type of emergency fund. I know some people have cash in a safe. That's their emergency fund. Some people are more comfortable just putting it in a checking account. Some people like Justin and myself are comfortable putting it in a high yield savings account. I like putting some money in a bond fund. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. But basically what we're saying is don't be overly exposed to a riskier asset class like stocks. You know, we've been talking about emergency funds, and I think that we should always be looking out for ourselves and preparing to take care of ourselves in that situation. But an interesting thing that has been circling on the news is the potential that the government would be sending out stimulus checks. I've heard different numbers. I saw one that said, you know, maybe $2,000 plus $750 per child minus 5% of that money for anything over like $75,000 you make a year. You know, a lot of weird equations like that. But basically, you know, people could be seeing one to $2,000 in their pocket to help stimulate the economy back after what could be a, a long recession. And so I think an interesting thought is to go through and what would you do with that money? You know, if you don't have an emergency fund, then that's probably a good place for it. Maybe you just need it to make ends meet until you can find that next job. But it would be good to start putting some thought to what exactly it is you want to do with that money before it shows up. And while having a plan is awesome, and I definitely advocate for having a plan, Justin does as well, as long as most voices you'll hear in the personal finance or financial independent space, sometimes random stuff happens and you might lose a job. I've had 
dozens of friends who have lost their jobs from the shutdowns, from the basically everything that's non-essential personnel. And it's a scary time. And I know some of them didn't even know that if you do lose your job, you can file for an unemployment benefit. And I've had friends who have done this and they've been successful getting that unemployment benefit during this tough time. So just know that you aren't completely screwed. It's not like you can have zero income. If you are in a situation where your job is lost, you might be eligible for this unemployment benefit. So it's absolutely worth it to at least apply. And Cody, we've been talking about you know what people can do if they've lost their job. But another angle is how do you take on more work? How do you find opportunities in this environment? And a lot of businesses are being faced with the reality that you know they need to be more digital. They need to meet customers where they are. They need to be able to have an online presence. And this is an opportunity for, especially, you know, people who have these technical skills that these traditional markets have never really considered. Like they've always pushed it off and thought, well, we don't need that. Like we're an in-person business. This situation has made reality set in that there are situations where it just is simply not that way. Like you can't just walk into a storefront. You can't just hand somebody cash or whatever it might be. So this is opening up a lot of opportunities where the technical skills that you've been building could be to your advantage and could make you more marketable and help you ride through this recession. Yeah, I personally know a lot of people like there's a lot of gyms and fitness centers and there's some types of stores that can go online. They could either have a YouTube presence or they could do weekly Facebook lives. There's a lot of opportunity. And if you're someone who's been developing any type of online entrepreneurial skills whatsoever, and you just have a tiny bit more knowledge about how a company can go online, you could honestly go to them and be their consultant and you could go and earn yourself a little bit of a side hustle income and help these companies that have no clue what they're doing. They maybe have email and that's about it. You could help them go digital and start to make money without the physical presence of their business. And speaking of side hustling and extra income ideas, with a lot of people nervous about their jobs or people who have lost their jobs, there are some side hustles that are becoming actually more popular now that this whole coronavirus and this outbreak has been happening. And so some of these are any type of delivery service whatsoever. So there's the DoorDashes, there's the Instacart, there's the Amazon deliveries. All of these are in such high demand. I've seen so many ads lately that they need people to deliver stuff because most people are staying home, they want to stay home, and they need someone to bring X, Y, or Z items to them. And that could be you. If you're someone who's stuck, who's strapped for cash, who doesn't have a job, make sure you go and look at some of these side hustle opportunities. And even farther than that, those are the ones that have kind of exploded recently since there's been so many more deliveries over this past week or so. Any type of online or entrepreneurial side hustle that you can get, you can add an additional income stream to your repertoire. That will help you so much in diversifying your income. It can help you pay the bills. It can help you add to your skill sets. And there's just so many benefits to having some little thing that you're doing on the side, no matter how big or how small. Yeah, those are definitely great points, Cody. I mean, it's a tough time and it's an unfortunate position for both people who are being employed and these businesses, but there are some of these angles where it's a win-win for both sides. So whether it's you using these skills that you have that these companies can leverage to become profitable again, or whether it's these companies that just can't keep up with demand and you're needing a little extra work, you can fill in that void and help both sides out. The next topic we're going to talk about is one that you know a lot of people are talking about. And Cody, me and you, neither one of us are doctors, obviously, but we've been watching all the information that's coming out and we've been trying to really pay attention to those reputable sources about how you actually can stop the spread of this virus. And to me, that's the biggest thing is to not get into these traps of these 
sources that are completely false and just random things that people are circulating on Facebook, whether it's like gargling salt water or just these random things. There's people saying that, oh, well, you can't get it if you're in this temperature range of the United States or the or the world. People have all these unfounded remedies and solutions to this, when in reality, we don't know everything about this. All we know is that it's best to just stay away from each other and to quarantine ourselves until this rides out. Yeah, one of the craziest things, I was reading a study that was done earlier because obviously these new studies are coming out every day. I'm sure every single doctor in the world right now is trying to figure out what the heck is this virus? How can we stop it? The scariest thing is the incubation period. So when this all this news first came out, I honestly was not worried at all. Like I'm a 24-year-old. I was like, I'm fine. I'm not going to get sick. If I feel sick, I won't go near anyone. But there's this incubation period with this virus where I could have the virus in my system for up to five days and still be contagious, giving other people the virus, and I wouldn't have any negative feelings about myself. So I think that's one of the scariest things to me, and that's why this thing is spreading so fast. People are like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go out. I'm not going to social distance. I'm not going to quarantine. I'm just going to go and do my thing. And then they're infecting a bunch of people, even though they don't know that they have the virus because they aren't symptomatic at all. So that's one of the scariest things for me. So yeah, Justin, like you were saying, the best thing we can all do right now is just sit on our butts. Unless you're essential personnel, unless you're a nurse or someone who has to go into work, stay home. If you have to go to the grocery store for something, that's fine, but limit your contact with other people as much as possible because this thing is exponential, just like compound interest, just like all of you know how money works, it grows and grows and as it grows bigger, it starts to compound even faster. Same exact thing with this disease. The more people that get it, the faster it's going to spread and the longer we're gonna be in this crazy state, in this chaotic state that we've been in and it will just keep going on and on. Yeah, Cody, another thing that when this all started that I believed, like you were saying, like, hey, I'm young, I'm healthy. Even if I get it, like, okay, like I'll be a little sick. It's not a big deal. I just need to not try to pass it on to other people. Like that's the concern. And then a few days ago, the unfortunate news came out that actually a 34-year-old died from this. So it's not just like a senior citizen who has pre-existing health conditions. This virus is more severe than I think many of us were led on to believe when it started. So I would just say that whatever we think is going on with it, let's just pretend that it's worse just in case that it is and so that we're prepared for it. And now certainly I think for me and Cody, I could speak for both of us in saying that the biggest thing for us, even though we've seen our net worth drop, you know, life has definitely been impacted. Obviously, we're just happy that we are both still healthy and our families have been healthy so far. But it is still a bummer, some of those personal impacts that keep happening. And I know a lot of our listeners are also getting impacted with those travel things. So we just covered kind of the health side. And I know that's the part that me and Cody are both, you know, so happy and blessed that we're still healthy. Our families have been healthy. And that's priority number one. Well before the finances, the health part is number one. But it is still a bummer when we have those financial impacts or these like personal travel impacts. You know, I've got friends who are planning weddings that may be canceled or have been canceled, big trips that have been canceled. Me and Cody led into the episode talking about some big trips, like him going to Cyprus or you know, a lot of things I had going out in California and my birthday and friends coming in and all these things are just kind of a big bummer. But it's important not to just think, oh, well, it's canceled. I've lost my money and not to dig in a little bit. Do your research. Even airlines like Frontier, who are known for being an extremely budget airline that do not give you anything for free, have released policies saying, hey, we'll let you change your flight with no change fees. Or some are even letting you get a complete refund. And so definitely go out there to those websites, look for notices that have been put out by CEOs. If you have to talk to a customer service rep and you're not able just to do it online and they give you pushback, 
try to get a different rep or dig into it a little more because almost every travel company that we've seen has some kind of offer where they're allowing you to either change or get your money back on travel. And if the company themselves aren't allowing you to do it, and I definitely recommend reaching out to the company first because it's way less of a headache and it will take a lot shorter of a time frame. But you can always, if you purchase the travel, no matter what that is on a credit card, you can also dispute it with your credit card company saying, hey, you know what? I couldn't go do this thing because of X travel ban or because of the virus or whatever the reason might be. You can always dispute that with your credit card after. So for me, like I had a hotel booked and they're like, hey, sorry, we can't refund you. We can give you a reschedule date. But I was like, how realistic is it that I'm going to be able to reschedule in two months from now? I have no idea. So I'm actually in the process of disputing that with my credit card company right now. So there are a lot of options. You guys are not completely screwed. You can get your money back for things that you purchased that have been affected by this virus. But if you are in that unfortunate situation where your next couple of months, you maybe had all planned out, you had some big trips, and now you're sitting there with a lot of time on your hands and no trips planned, like what can you do? Like what kind of fun things can you do that you can either do online or just kind of friendly in this quarantine environment? And so some of the things I was thinking about is like obviously exercise, tons of exercise that you could do in your house, like body weight exercises. I think Cody mentioned earlier, a lot of these fitness instructors and different gyms are starting to offer online services where they're actually doing most of them for free, whether it's on like Facebook Live or on YouTube or whatever it might be. You can just log on watch these workout sessions and do them in your house. You can obviously still go outside. There's nothing wrong with nature. You're just not, you just don't need to be around people. So going for a run, going on a hike, camping, biking, photography is another great one. And then maybe this is a time for a road trip. You know, it's not a good time to be on the bus or train or a plane, but there's nothing wrong with jumping in your car and heading down the coastline or wherever it might be just to get out in nature, get out of the house and still feel like you got that vacation in your, out of your system. And in addition to all those outdoor hobbies you're talking about, Justin, I totally agree. I'm a huge proponent of that. I've been going on long walks or jogs every single day just so I can get myself out of the house because it kind of stinks being cooped up in my apartment all day. But there are so many awesome online free hobbies or free courses or things that you can learn that maybe you didn't have the time before. So, you know, go on YouTube. There are a bunch of free classes. I've seen Udemy, which is another website that offers free classes. Skillshare. There's a bunch of awesome ones where if you've been dying to learn that skill or dying to try that thing, but you just never had the time, this might be the perfect time to go and learn that thing. So go and check it out. I'm not going to be the one to tell you exactly where to go or exactly what to learn, but there are so many low cost or even free hobbies that you can do online. And not only will it be a bunch of fun, but you'll add another skill to your repertoire. Another positive angle that I've been trying to focus on, Cody, is the amount of money that we can actually be saving during a time like this. I mean, with so many places shut down, so many restaurants shut down, you know, that means we're cooking more in our homes, spending more time with those people that, that we live with, our loved ones, our, our, you know, whether it's your kids, your wife, husband, whatever that might be. You're just getting to spend quality time with those people. And that's all free. A lot of these online resources are completely free. So while things may be tight, on an income standpoint, they should be a little easier on the expense side. So just try to stay positive in that because this may be a long haul. And we've been spending a lot of time talking about financial health, physical health. But if this goes on for several more months, you know, six, eight months, then mental health is going to be a big part of this too. And I know personally back in 2008, 2009, when we had the big recession, a lot of people struggled mentally watching their net worths go down watching people around them or themselves lose their jobs. And it can get people in a really bad place mentally. So you've got to look for these silver linings and these bright spots. So 
maybe set some targets of lower spending than you've ever done before and see if you can hit those and celebrate those wins. And while we're looking at the positives, I think another positive thing about this is some people give us some flack for our frugality, Dustin. I know people say it. They're like, oh, I don't know how you can live like that. I don't know how you can be happy on $20,000 a year. But if you were hating on frugality before and you're someone who's, you know, what, I'm going to spend X amount of money, whatever high is to you. This is a great time to try out frugality. And trust me, Justin and I will tell you over and over again, it's super fun and you do not feel deprived at all. And the thing I like about frugality is say Justin and I both lost all of our income streams tomorrow. Since our monthly expenses are so low, those emergency funds can be much, much smaller so we can have more money invested in the market. And someone who is spending, you know, five times what we're spending, they don't have that same luxury. So I think this might be good in the sense that people can stop spending so much on discretionary things. People can stop spending so much on exorbitant travel. People can start spending money on the things that they truly value because this is crunch time. This is where you want to be only spending money on things you truly value because we do not know what tomorrow looks like. You never know if your job is going to be safe or not. I don't know what your thoughts on that are, Justin, but I think it's a really good dry run for frugality for people who have kind of thwarted it off in the past. Yeah, I think it's definitely a great time to try. And another reason why it's a good time to try is because Normally, you don't want to do something and you don't necessarily have to and you get tempted into spending money. And so like, it takes more action on your part to make it actually happen. Well, because of the situations we're in right now, you just don't even have the option to spend money in a lot of the ways you used to spend it. So it should be a little easier for you. A lot of those temptations have been removed for you. So now you can go out there, see what it actually feels like and looks like. And when you come out the other end, I got a pretty strong feeling that you're going to think, you know what? That actually wasn't too bad. And I don't mean the whole pandemic and the virus. I mean, spending less money wasn't actually that bad. And so when you look back on it, it could be a turning point for you where you say, you know, I was always scared of it. It always made me nervous and I never would have done it on my own. But when I was forced to do it, I came out the other side and realized this actually wasn't that bad. And we kind of alluded to it before, but I think another awesome benefit is that people can really dial in on their health and their fitness during these times. Most people are home all the time and they usually aren't home. They're out at work. They have to rush. They have to get a crap lunch because they're out in the city or wherever they might be. And they don't have the time to work out. They have kids at home. They want to get home as early as possible. But now you have this huge window of opportunity to kind of turn that all around. You can home cook all your meals. You can go to the grocery store, make sure you're picking stuff that's good for your body, cook it up real nice, make whatever you want, and actually feel good about the meals you're eating. And then on the fitness front, I know, Justin, you mentioned there's a lot of gyms that are doing online classes. There are a lot of online personal finance influencers who are doing online classes, and the barriers are so low now. You don't even have to drive to the gym. You can do this stuff in your living room when you have 15 minutes between your next client call or when you have half an hour for your quote-unquote lunch break. You have all these opportunities to turn things around and kind of get that kickstart that it sucks that this might be the thing that kickstarts you on your health and fitness journey, but it's not all bad. And something you mentioned earlier, Justin, was like, first and foremost is your health and fitness. And I completely agree with that. And I think a lot of people don't think in the right framework because they don't see the impacts that they're making on their body day by day. Like if you were going to die tomorrow and someone said, hey, would you trade all of your net worth to not die tomorrow and be healthy? Of course you'd say yes. I'm guessing 99.999% of people would say, absolutely, I would do that. But if you're making these trade-offs and it's a 20, 30-year ordeal and you're not seeing the actual day-to-day impacts that you're having on your health when you're eating fast food or takeout and you're never working out, that stuff's scary, but it's not as transactional as the example I just gave. Yeah, and I was just actually thinking about that how we talked about an emergency fund earlier from a financial standpoint. You know, you could really think about 
handling your fitness in a proper way and your nutrition as an emergency fund. Because when things like this happen, people who aren't healthy are more prone to more severe symptoms and more severe outcomes for any kind of sickness. So by building up that health, building up that wellness, building up that nutrition, when things like this happen, you are stronger against it. Like when that emergency happens, just like financially with emergency fund, you are stronger against that situation. You can come out of it without taking on debt. Being stronger physically and and from a nutrition standpoint will allow you to face these things and come out on the other side healthier. And the last thing I want to talk about, Cody, was another opportunity that people could have. And it's something that I'm definitely doing, which is projects you've been putting off. Uh, This is a perfect time to do them. As of now, I mean, places like Home Depot are still open. You can go get those supplies. I'm working on my van conversion. I have a lot more time in my day, like you mentioned. I don't have to commute to work anymore. So that gives me an extra 30, 45 minutes on each side of the day. And those are those daylight hours, which are crucial when you're trying to work on projects if they're outside. So if you've got these projects where, I don't know, maybe you're wanting to renovate a bathroom or maybe you've been wanting to add on a deck or you've been wanting to spruce up that man cave or you want to start a van conversion like I have, this is a great time to do it because you get got a lot of time on your hands and it's something that doesn't require you to be around other people. And kind of like what I was talking about as this being a dry run for frugality, I also think it's a dry run for figuring out what your values really are. It's crazy how something like this is what rocks the boat and makes us realize hey, I really value hanging out and spending time with my kids. Like this is one of the most important things to me. And oftentimes you don't get the time to reflect that because you're always working, because you're so busy all the time and you don't actually get to realize what's most important to you. So use this time as a period of reflection. Use this time to realize what those values are, how you wanna be spending the next year, five years, 10 years of your life. Because a lot of us are pursuing this goal of financial independence because we want that freedom at some point in the unforeseen future. But the future is so uncertain sometimes. We never know what's gonna happen. I never in a million years could have seen this thing coming, but now it's here and now we have to deal with it. So use this time as a time to reflect and figure out how you wanna spend the rest of your life. And now it's time for the call to action. The call to action this week, Cody, is one that we've kind of been talking about a lot in the episode, which is just this overarching idea of preparation. So I think it would be good if people would go out this week and sit down and just go through the mental exercise of what would your life be like, both financially, physically, and mentally, if the state that we're in now continues or maybe even gets more extreme for not just eight weeks, like maybe some people think it's going to be, but eight months or maybe even more. Like, what does that look like for you? How are your finances going to handle this? How's your mental health going to handle this? How's your fitness going to handle this? And then what are you going to do to ensure that all three of those areas stay in tip top shape? Love that call to action, Justin. It is never a bad idea to be prepared. And if you enjoyed this episode, if this was something that brought value to you, First of all, please share this with a friend or a family member. We try to deliver the most valuable information possible and hope that we can help you on your financial independence journey and also on your personal journey. And you can see everything we talked about in our detailed summary at thefyshow.com slash corona. And as always, if you want to check out our Facebook group page, you can do so at thefyshow.com slash community. And we always appreciate those five-star reviews. They help us get great guests like we had today. And if you're interested in supporting The Fi Show, you can do so by checking out some of our partners over at the resources page, which can be found at thefyshow.com slash resources. And thanks for listening.